Let us pray. Lord, you call us to your kingdom. You call us to love one another. You call us to be servants of all. We thank you for the gift of your life, your Holy Spirit, and your grace that makes these callings happen. In Jesus' name, amen. So how important are you? How does one value the measure of self? Are you important because of the things you have? Or are you important because of who needs you? That's what our scripture is about this evening. It's the Passover celebration. And Jesus has a problem with his disciples. Not long before this text, he had explained to them that he must suffer and die. And you would think that that would shake up the disciples a little bit. The Lord was saying that he was going to be crucified. It may have bothered them a little bit, but it appears that it didn't penetrate their own self-involved world. Luke tells us that at the Lord's Supper, Jesus announced that one of them would betray him. And then the disciples got into a fight about who's the greatest. Can you imagine that? So self-involved that when Jesus tells of his death, they went into an argument of who's greatest. And so maybe it's that quarrel that brings this story in John's gospel. John writes, It was just before the Passover festival. Jesus knew that the hour was coming for him to leave this world and go to the Father. Having loved his own who were in the world, he loved them to the end. It's a beautiful statement, isn't it? Christ's devotion to the twelve, to the church, to the women that followed him. He loved them to the end. And then John writes, The evening meal was in progress, and the devil had already prompted Judas, son of Simon Iscariot, to betray him. And Jesus knew that the Father had put all things under his power, and that he had come from God, and that he was returning to God. So he got up from the meal, took off his outer cloak, wrapped a towel around his waist, poured water in the basin, and began to wash the disciples' feet, drying them with the towel. And of course, Simon Peter says, Are you going to wash my feet? And Jesus says, Yes. You do not realize now what I am doing, but later you'll understand. No, says Peter, never wash my feet. Jesus says, unless I wash you, you have no part with me. Then, Lord, not just my feet, but my hands and my head as well. Peter is such a good disciple. Always, always 
never at a loss for words, always speaking up when there should have been no words, and always clueless about the plan of God. When Jesus finished washing their feet, John writes, he put on his clothes and returned, Do you understand what I have done for you? You call me teacher, Lord, and that is what I am. And if I, as your teacher and Lord, wash your feet, you also should wash one another's feet. I have set you an example that you should do as I have done for you. It's really a remarkable story. The disciples are men, proud men, arguing over who's the greatest, realizing that the greatest man they had ever met, the Son of God, wraps a towel around his waist, kneels down, including Judas, and washes their feet. This is not what we're going to do tonight. It's not antiseptic. It's not in a modern chapel. It's first century Palestine, and it's the Passover meal. And people walk to where they were going. Walking in the muddy streets was okay. It was the garbage in the streets. And it was also the, the uh, little gifts that the animals left in the street that you were walking in. And no socks, no shoes, just open sandals. And feet would be sweaty and grimy and smell. We probably couldn't tolerate it very long. And then to make it even more exciting, they were having a meal. Not like we have meals with table and chairs. They had a meal with pillows and a low table. They would sit with their heads towards the table, reclining on the floor on the pillows, eating with their right hand. And the distance from feet to neighbor's head was sometimes very close. And those feet, sweaty, animal gifts, and other garbage would not be very pleasant. So washing of feet, which we'll do with washing of hands, was necessary. And it was never the host. It was never a guest. It was always the lowest servant. But at this last supper, there was no servant. And it wouldn't be the twelve men who were arguing who would be the greatest. So, as Isaiah says, the wonderful counselor, mighty God, everlasting Father, Prince of Peace, 
knelt down and washed the crud from their feet. In Matthew, Jesus says, Whoever wishes to be great among you must be servant, and whoever wishes to be first must be slave. The disciples learned who was the greatest that night. Do you understand what I have done for you? You call me teacher and Lord. And now that I am your teacher and Lord have washed your feet, so wash one another's feet. I don't think Jesus meant that it should be part of our every Sunday worship service. I think he meant that we were to love one another, that we are to serve one another, that we are to treat one another with respect, even as he, Lord, Son of God, had shown love and respect to them. Christians did this service. For example, around 250 A.D., the early Christians in the ancient city of Carthage called themselves the gamblers. They weren't gamblers as we think of gamblers. These believers were gambling with their life. These gamblers went into the city of Carthage during the height of the plague when bodies were stacked head high along the streets and they gathered up the bodies and took them outside the city and buried them. They risked their lives to serve the people of Carthage. Many of the Carthaginians hated them because they were Christians. This was the love that motivated them. This is the love that motivated Jesus. This is the love without limits. A first-generation Nova Scotia man. He was a non-denominational freelance clergyman. His youth was not very good. Alcohol abuse, family disintegration. But he found a way back into Christ. And he opened a foot clinic in downtown storefront operation. And the purpose of that storefront, he literally took Jesus' story. He opened the door so that the homeless could come in and he would wash their feet, he would bandage their feet, and he would put shoes on their battered feet of the street people. He did it, literally. That faith, others noticed. So when we come to the table, when we come to wash our hands, let us come in that same spirit of humility. Christ washed the feet of his disciples. Do you understand what I have done for you? If I, Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, 
you also should wash one another's. I have set to you an example that you should do as I have done for you. Amen.